This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Monday, March 1st, the start of spring football and the start of a new era of BYU uniforms. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the guy who is always ready to show off some brand new swag, Jerem Jordan. This morning, BYU announced that it has a Navy and Royal helmet this year in 2021. This is going to be awesome. Uh, TBA on which games they'll be used on. Of course, the white helmet will still be used. That's the base and the traditional for BYU uh, you know, since 05 and, and well beyond that, right? But, hey, these look nice, man. And, Roy, like, a different helmet had been used in 2019 against Washington. But outside of that, not really, right? Um, Armed Forces Bowl, BYU went with uh, kind of a, a patriotic-ish uh, helmet, uh, you know, kind of a camo. Uh, 9-11 in 2014 against Houston, BYU used red, white, and blue in, in the Stretch Y sticker. But this is totally different, and this is awesome. It looks Amazing in person. This is the new age of college football. Multiple uniform combinations. But well, BYU, that wasn't in question. But BYU has done it with a play on seeking uh, the ties to tradition and history. Yes, uniforms, BYU's been did a nice job this year. Helmets are another level. Yeah. Helmets are another level. So uh, this is awesome, man, and it looks great. And these are the helmets that you know were, were I believe, used in the photo shoot. And uh, we'll have them on display here uh, today. I think Billy Nixon wants them back for his interview in the, in, <laughs> later in the show, so we'll give those to him and then hopefully get him back. But, um, yeah, these look really nice, man. I'm stoked. I, and I love the white the most still, but I love that these exist. These Let's are cool. mix it up. Your Monday show lineup includes the massive collaborative effort and in-depth research that went into developing these new BYU football helmets and uniform combinations. Assistant Equipment Manager Billy Nixon will join us. Also, BYU basketball coming off a big weekend. They know the roadmap to a West Coast Conference tournament title. and goes through the Zags. Will they have a potential third matchup with the number one Zags? And are the Cougars pacing for a sixth seed in the big dance after another win over St. Mary's? It's not out of the question. Plus, BYU basketball sharpshooter Trevin Nell will join us after leading the Cougars in scoring against the Gales. And more staggering results from the list of top 25 teams currently on campus at BYU. Life is good. Here are today's BYUSN headlines. We have some breaking news we'll tell you about. Uh, first, spring football begins today here at BYU. Follow BYU TV Sports on social media for the latest highlights and post-practice interviews. Here's the news. The okay. Cougars announced uh, they're playing Ole Miss in Provo September 16th, 2028, and in Oxford September 8th, 2029. That just announced by Ole Miss. BYU announcing it here in a moment. BYU also hosts FCS school Dixie State November 16th, 2024. Although by 2024, the state and Dixie part might not be on there. Cougars also made the 2021 schedule release official over the weekend. No surprises. It's kind of been out there, but they finalized it. Seven Power Fives in all, beginning with Arizona on Saturday, September 4th. Let's go. In Las Vegas. So Some convo about that game being on a Thursday. It is not. It is on Saturday. I wonder what uniform combination BYU will use for the season opener neutral site at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. BYU men's basketball celebrates senior night with a 65-51 win against 
St. Mary's. After just a miserable first half for both teams, Cougars turned it up in the second half, shooting 67%, 83% from the three-point line. Brandon Averett and Matt Harms both finished with 11 points. Trevin Nell led the Cougars in scoring. We'll hear from him a little bit later. BYU now the second seed going into the West Coast Conference Tournament. They won't have to travel down there until Sunday for a Monday night game on March 8th. Men's volleyball sweeps Grand Canyon Saturday, winning by 24 in all. The Cougars will likely drop to uh, two or maybe three in the polls today after Thursday's loss against GCU. Cougars play at Concordia Irvine Thursday at USC on Friday. BYU women's soccer opened up West Coast Conference play on Saturday night with a wild 3-2 win against San Francisco, scoring the go-ahead goal, a player down due to a red card. And it was the All-American Michaela Coulihan with the heroics. BYU will travel to Columbia, Missouri to face Missouri on Wednesday. That game will be carried. Uh, their next game will be on March 3rd live on the BYU Sports Network. That means the radio. Yeah. yeah. Number 11, BYU Gymnastics put up a 196-925 Friday night, including a 49-6 on the floor, the highest score in that rotation since 03. Nice. Avery Bennett, Brittany Vitkowskis. And Abby Miner Alder scored career highs on the floor. BYU at number two, Oklahoma, Friday. A couple of tens. They got tens from at least one judge on two of those floor routines. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Pretty amazing. BYU track and field freshman Lucas Bonds ran the second sub 356 mile in BYU history. Whoa. Are you kidding me? Track and field will compete next at the NCAA Indoor Track and Field Championships March 11th through the 13th. The Cougars find out which athletes will officially qualify to compete at the championship meet later this week. Also of note, BYU women's basketball, tough loss to San Francisco in the final game of the regular season. How will that impact their bubble status, which wasn't bubble status until that game. They also are the second seed in the approaching West Coast Conference Tournament and will play on Monday like the men, March 8th. Circle that date on your calendars. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Oh, it's nice to have some new swag. Jerem, let's dive in more with this uniform topic here as we look at the Matte or satin finish navy helmet and the royal blue helmet. What is your reaction to the new additions for the BYU football repertoire in swag and how they're going to look on the field? Looks great. BYU has all kinds of combinations. They've announced 26 uh, uniform combinations in all. So if, if you have three helmets and you have you know white, royal, navy options, pants are one thing, jerseys another thing, helmets another thing. I do like the all-white the most after looking at all three of them. Uh, I think uh, mixing uh, navy and royal could be a little weird to me, but I love the idea that BYU's white and blue. It's got the royal involved, got the, na- the navy. It, it's cool. It's a cool look. It's cool to have options. feels like BYU's trending towards more like an Oregon than, say, a USC, which is like traditional and doesn't even have the jersey name on the back of the uh, you know, jersey there. I, I love this. I think it's big for recruiting. We talked about it a week ago. Does not matter? Yes, it matters. Does it affect how you play on the field? Absolutely. Absolutely it does. Because look good, feel good, <laughs> play, play good. good, right? That matters. It really does. Honestly, I think BYU is a better team when they come out with a little swag, right? Y- you could argue that it doesn't affect the on-field play, but I, I think it does by a little bit. I think it matters. Here's why. Because you get better players if you've got some swag. If you're old school and your coach is old and crotchety and you don't have a lot of swag and uniform, you're not going to get the same kind of player that needs to win nowadays. Like, it, it all factors, right? It doesn't mean you will automatically win, 
but I don't think it hurts. In fact, I think it helps. It absolutely helps in recruiting and bringing in as good of players as BYU could hope for. It's become a thing. It's like the schedule. The players now look at the schedule. Who am I going to get to play? What networks am I going to be on? And how am I going to look while I'm playing against those teams? This is this is. And they almost ignore to some degree, not entirely, but the the what's the record going to be? Yeah, we can win that because I'm like, well, there's probably a balance there of like too much or too little. I'd rather have too much in the way of this kind of stuff, the uh, the swag. I think the thing I appreciate most about this new uniform effort from BYU is the attention to detail and the play on history and ties to tradition that went into this whole process. They have researched for months on end to try and figure out okay, which uniform combos were successful in the 50s and the 60s? And this is also a tie-back to what people, some people want to forget, the Navy era under Lavelle Edwards. But there were some good things that happened in those uniforms. It's not going to be the old Y, and there will be no tan involved, thank goodness. Yeah, no tan. They heard that feedback, but... No orange from the 40s. There is some good <laughs> history with BYU wearing a Navy helmet. And so oh. I really like how much detail and attention to uh, the history that has, has gone into this whole process. Yes, it's not um, Gary Croton coming in saying, okay, this is a new era, let's do something else, and having a different logo entirely. Like, BYU still has a stretch Y on these. It looks great. Yeah, I don't want like the Navy every game or the Royal every game. I think it'd be at least once, maybe twice. It just depends. I love the white look. Honestly, the 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 white helmet is the freshest, cleanest look to me right now. And like the all white jersey really grew on me. Maybe because I stared at Zach Wilson throwing like a ton of touchdowns this year in the white, <laughs> and I just have good vibes. Yes, we all, we all do. By the way, this just in: BYU won out in the AP Top Twenty Five in men's hoops. BYU was. Five points away from being in the top 25. So the Cougars, borderline top 25 team going into Vegas. Now, next Monday, BYU may make it. Sure, in. if somebody loses. Yeah, going into semifinal Monday. So that's, that's gnarly. Okay, what will have your attention? Topic two, more in March. BYU spring football, which starts practice today. Or BYU hoops in the NCAA tournament. Oh, in the moment, BYU football is stealing the show because <laughs> well, they just released the new uniforms. The and schedule, Ole Miss and Dixie. The schedule was made official ball. over the weekend. And that. Quarterback battle. So right now it's it's BYU spring football. football. We, we have a ton of hoops to talk about. What are you doing on a Monday? We, we It's only an hour show. we got a lot to address. BYU basketball just wrapped up another impressive regular season by beating St. Mary's. That's great and all, but in the moment it is football. By the time next Monday rolls around, then It'll we be switch basketball. gears to basketball it's because it's yeah. game on. It's semifinal Monday, and BYU even play this week. Is probably going to end up uh, having a contest, I think, with Pepperdine to try and exact some revenge so that they can get a third shot at Gonzaga. But I, right now, I want Pepperdine for Let's the next go. few days. It feels like football is the topic. Well, you can't roll out something monumental like this and it not be right. <laughs> yeah, it, it's football. But when you get later into the month, I, starting next Monday, it will be basketball. Yet, 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 we have a quarterback battle, and there's nothing more compelling in BYU sports than a quarterback battle. Literally nothing. Like, more than some of the games, honestly. It's a big deal. And props to men's hoops for beating St. Mary's by, uh, you know, double figs again. Woo, two wins and double figs. I like that. Little, little double fig Newton. Jumped them up six spots in the net rankings in one day because of me, that. Me likey. Uh, there were a bunch of upsets on Saturday. That helped as well. So that's great. Um, and, in fact, um, Spring football has questions to be answered, uh, the first of which is quarterback, and we've talked about it, right? In my opinion, if BYU can get away with not playing a freshman, I think that'd be great. 
not because I don't want those freshmen to play because of who they are. It's more of where they are in their BYU football journey. You have Jaron Hall and Baylor Romney who have won games, who have started, who have played well. Granted, the volume's low, and it's been since 2019. But I would prefer to play an upperclassman in this situation against seven power fives, three years in the system, versus a, a uber-talented Jacob Conover. Let's, you know what? I've probably been uh, neglectful in not including at least in name Soldier. My yes, elite and an uber-talented Elite 11 guy. Right? So, but, but, but I want their time to come a little later because Jaron Hall and Baylor Romney have, have proven a little bit more, right, in games. We haven't seen Jacob Conover quite yet. We barely saw Baylor Romney last year. And we didn't see uh, Jaron Hall at all. It didn't even dress for, uh, you know, 11 of the 12 games. I'd prefer that it's one of those two guys. Been in the system, seven power five, just their turn, then it's your turn. Jacob Conover did have last year to have a Max Hall-like freshman year where Max dabbled at Arizona State, went on a mission, uh, came home, and then he was the scout squad guy, couldn't play, and then the next year he goes 11-2 and two as a sophomore. Now, redshirt freshman Jacob Conover, who knows? Maybe that's his uh, plight in life uh, this season. Maybe he's the best guy and he deserves it. If he wins the competition, great. I would just prefer not to throw a freshman out there because I don't think a freshman wins eight games against this schedule, I, no, no matter how talented that guy is. That's nothing against Jacob. It's more against how tough the schedule is. Sure. I feel like my quarterback depth chart today is going to be different than what it is four weeks from now. We will learn some things over spring football. Yeah. But right now, just based on what's happened, I feel like it's probably Baylor Romney by a hair because of what he did, and then Jaron Hall and Jacob Conover and Sol J. Mayava. But if I think, Jaron's healthy. I have Jaron. But first. things, yeah. I'm with you. Things can change in a hurry. And at the end of spring, assuming Jaron does what we expect him to do, I think he'll be the guy coming out of spring that will have an edge over Baylor Romney and the rest. If Jaron Hall doesn't win this battle, something happened. That's what I think. Calling my shot all the way okay. to August. Jaron Hall is the, the favorite. It's a fascinating yeah. time. Spring football mingled with uh, 28 other sports happening right now, approximately, at BYU. Well, today the second most popular sport at BYU begins, which is spring football. <laughs> That's just how it is. I'm, I'm sorry. I, we love all the sports. Yet as of March 8th, basketball will take over for a few weeks, and then we'll kind of dabble back in with yeah, BYU football. They have to get to the semifinal of the conference tournament. To compete with no. spring football. That's just, Let's trust go. me, I love hoops. Uh, the resume update, by the way, BYU 20 in net. 20! Woo! Top 20. So beating St. Mary's helped BYU finish the regular season as a top 20 team in net. Yet BYU's not going to be a five seed. 22 in Ken Palm, 29 in the ESPN Basketball Power Index, Number nine huh? in KPI, up seven spots. That's weird. Strength Outlier. of record, 18, Sagarin, 26. And BYU, as you just pointed out, Jerem, is one spot out of the AP Top 25, which frankly is irrelevant at this point because it's about the NCAA tournament yes. and fun, seeding process. Fun to be ranked perhaps next week. Also great not to play San Diego either time or Santa Clara. It that helped. helped strength the record. Helped. So thanks, San Diego, for not playing. That was great. Uh, and, and BYU looking amazing. KPI, still don't know what that is. That's an enigma. According to TeamRankings.com, BYU's most likely seed is a 6. 20.4% chance to receive a 6 seed, 18% as a 7 seed. 8 seeds not even being discussed by the folks at TeamRankings.com. I like this. 8-9 stinks. I don't want 8-9. 
it feels like BYU is going to be a seven seed. Hopefully. Team ranking says, hey, six seed, 20%. It's probably going to be a seven seed. Yeah, and Sunday play doesn't mean you drop a line, but it might. It but just if, depends. Maybe they're impressive against Pepperdine or whoever they face in the semifinal. They're competitive against Gonzaga. Is that enough to get BYU to a six seed? I can't believe I that I we're even thinking about this. I don't think BYU does. I don't think it does much in a vacuum to go up, but it depends what happens around BYU. Yeah. Like Saturday, again, there were a ton of upsets. That's why BYU goes up so much. Like beating uh, St. Mary's in a quad two doesn't shoot you up like that per se. It's what happened around, too. The tide got a little lower and BYU rose. Okay, coming up is a sixth seed. We'll break it down more. A real possibility in the NCAA tournament. And we'll have our question of the day because we want to know what you think about our Navy and Royal helmet options for mm. BYU football. Mm. Plus, Trevin Nell, the sharpshooter, is like the seventh leading scorer in eight last or the last eight games for BYU. It's wild. But join us live next as BYU Sports Nation. Hair's looking good. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Yo, join us tomorrow for the season finale. They're getting ready right now. They're putting uh, chairs out there, getting ready. BYU basketball with Mark Pope. Tomorrow night, 8.30 Eastern on the BYU TV app for the coach and Greg Rebell review the regular season, get ready for the tournament, and Deep Blue season finale features Wyatt Lowell. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. Happy Monday, happy uniform day for BYU football, and happy BYU basketball moving up all of the metrics. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Let's stay with hoops and bring in... Our guest, Trevin Nell on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, who is the seventh leading scorer in the last eight games for BYU basketball. Trevin, great to have you on the show. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Hey, you did your thing on Saturday night. Took a little while to get going for your team. When, when you see it's 14-12 to 12 at the under-eight timeout in the first half, what's going through your mind? Um, well, St. Mary's is a really well-coached team. And they play a little bit slower than how we like to play. And so um, when it was halftime, I remember I walked into the locker room and my team's like, Trev, you got a third of our points right now. And I didn't realize, wait, what's, what's, the, what's the halftime score right now? <laughs> um, but yeah, St. Mary's is really well coached, but they just play at a lot slower pace. And so if you're up by like six points, it's really you're up by like 12 just because of the slower pace they like to play at and how they like to use up the whole shot clock. And so that's kind of how this game was. It's a We call it a coach short game just because of how physical they are. But um, it was a fun game for sure. Short to strength and conditioning, Coach. So I, I like that. You end up having 15 points in 22 minutes. Crazy efficient. You go four or five from three. A couple of those I felt like maybe you got hit and could have had a four-point play. Uh, did you feel like that? Maybe you should have had a whistle or two uh, guys crashing into you after <laughs> I thought I at least should have had at least one of them, right? The one by Coach Pope where he kind of picked me up, I for sure thought he kind of like ran into me. So I looked up at him. I was like, they had to call something. And he's over there, get back on defense. And I was like, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll get back up then. How, do you, how did you respond like that after a game where, it, listen, you're playing 10 deep. You're not going to get as many minutes maybe as you would in a seven or eight-man rotation at this point, which is a pro and a con, but – a pro when a guy like you can have zero points in six minutes on Thursday but respond with 15 and 22. So how do you stay ready in that situation? Um, it's just about worrying about the right things. Um, I remember I talked to Coach Pope Friday and then he even talked to me right before the game. And just like, hey, I want you to worry about the right things. Don't worry about anything else. Worry about how you can be the best teammate. And then right when I went into the game, I remember Alex Barcelo came up to me. He's like, hey, just let the game come to you. I'll find you in the old, like in the perimeter 
and just do your thing. Like, don't stress and just play your game. And so um, with those guys kind of like helping me and talking me through it, I played a lot more relaxed and, you know, it's fun to play relaxed. And it's fun to have guys like Alex Barcelo, who's, you know, our senior captain. It's senior night and he's over there calm, cool and collected. Um, but, yeah, these guys really helped me. And um, this team is super special. We can play 10 deep and we can make a run. And that's why we're the best locker room in America, because whoever's playing, we have the guys on the bench cheering and going crazy for them. Trevin Nell with us on BYU Sports Nation. You bring up Alex Barcelo, who is one of those key three seniors. Coach Pope uh, made it very public that at some point he's going to start recruiting those guys back for another year. <laughs> so what role are you going to play in trying to get Alex and Matt and Brandon to consider another year at BYU? I mean, I've already tried to do my thing to recruit them. Those guys are really <laughs> special. They helped us get to where we're at, we're at today. Um, but it comes down to, you know, Cougar Nation. we got to get everybody on board to recruit these guys. How would you compare last year to this year, not only as a team because it's a different team, but similar success, maybe one seed line difference at this point, perhaps in the NCAA tournament. Um, yet, and for you individually, you, what, broke your pinky, was it, last year and were limited uh, last year, but now you've been healthy and able to contribute in a different way. It was my thumb. Come on now. It was your thumb. Okay. <laughs> um, but, yeah, this team's definitely different. Uh, we're not as – experience is maybe the team last year but um we're definitely i feel like we're more defensive oriented and i feel like we just trust everybody just like last year um last year we talked a great deal about having the best locker room in america and you know being the best teammate and um this year is kind of the same thing coach pope talked a lot about how is winning enough and i really feel like that's how it is for our team it doesn't matter who's playing out there all that matters is if we win and I remember Connor's talked a lot about that. Alex has talked a lot about it. And it's just kind of our identity as this team. Trevin, you have a week off because you are the two seed going into the West Coast Conference Tournament. And uh, if Chalk holds, you get Pepperdine, maybe uh, Santa Clara. You get to face them eventually for the first time this season. Who knows? But how are you feeling about the setup and your run potentially at the West Coast Conference Tournament based on who's in your side of the bracket? I mean, personally, I kind of want Pepperdine. I kind of want to get the revenge back when, when we lost them up in Malibu. Um, but it does, like, we're ready for anybody. We're going to be practicing this whole week, and we're going to get ready to travel back out to um, Vegas. And we're looking forward to um, playing the Zags again. So those are the two things that we're kind of worried about right now. But we got to take care of business in the semis and look forward to the championship. The comfortable feeling is knowing, hey, you guys are in the tourney. Like, if, if you know, something happened in Vegas, you're going to be in the tourney, which is going to be great. Yet, uh, getting to uh, not only Las Vegas and playing and coming out and going to Indianapolis, now it's about making sure there's not a COVID issue. So perhaps you still got, you guys still have to talk about this, but what's the plan and, and testing and whatnot as you prepare for Indianapolis that's going to require you to have seven negative tests before you travel? Um, it's just about you know, taking care of business and make sure that we're responsible for ourselves and for our teammates. Um, this week we'll be tested three different times and before we go out to Vegas. And then, you know, Indianapolis comes, we have to get seven negative tests. But Coach Pope's going to hone down on this. We're going to talk about it as a team today. And I think we all have the same mindset. We all have the same goals. So we're going to take this super serious and we're going to have all the precautions necessary to be able to have these negative tests and play as a team. The specifics have been, uh, you know, under wraps. But generally speaking, you guys have been 
awesome this year, right? You haven't had many um, issues and, and main guys uh, miss out. How have you guys been able to be responsible in that way? And sometimes, even if you're responsible, you can still get COVID, right? But how have you guys been able to lock it down to where you guys could play all the games that you, you could control and all those players could play in those games? Well, yeah, well, we have just sort of an amazing uh, athletic training staff and coach, well, athletic trainer Rob Ramos. He's done a great job with us and making sure that um, we're not going out and doing things we shouldn't. And, you know, we talk about it almost every single week as a team. Um, Coach Pope always has um, Bobby Rodusky come talk to us about, hey, we got to make sure we're staying safe. Don't do anything that could hurt the team or jeopardize the team in any way. And like I said before, we just have the same goal. So we're not doing anything. We're not partying. We're just, you know, go we wake up, go to school, go to practice, come home, sleep, eat, do it all over again. And that's kind of the life, and that's what we live for. BYU sharpshooter Trevin Nell with us on BYU Sports Nation. Trevin, I want to rewind to December and a conversation that you and I had after one of the games where I said, look, you clearly are one of the best shooters on the team. They weren't dropping at the time, and you said, oh, I'm, I'm going to keep shooting. That, that's the thing. I believe that they're going in. But there has been a turning point. What was that, and when was it for you this season? Um, well, this turning point for me was just – I just felt like I was worrying about all the other things. I felt like I was putting expectations on myself that I shouldn't. And, you know, when you're playing at this high level, you worry about, you know, what people think or how you can help your teammates or what, you know, the coaches are thinking. And like Coach Pope talked to me before the game, it's just you can't worry about those things. You have to worry about the right things, and you have to put yourself in a position to be successful. And um, so I've talked a ton with Coach Figure. We shoot every single day after um, practice, and he rebounds for me. And so we do all these, you know, these stop shots that we work on. And, you know, just putting the extra work really helped me to be more confident on and off the floor. And, like, the turning point for me, I felt like, was um, that Portland game where we were up at Portland and I just felt like a uh, kind of switch happened where I stopped worrying about all the other things. And I just kept worrying about, hey, how can I be my, the best teammate on, the, on and off the floor and how I can help this team win? And so I think those two things really helped me to shoot the ball at a higher level. Saturday beating St. Mary's is awesome. Doing it in front of, uh, you know, 9% capacity, at least someone was in there, right, for Thursday and Saturday was awesome. And then the three seniors and sort of this, what Mark Pope loves is winning a big game on senior night and getting that mic out and talking, right? Because that happened last year, (laughs) it happened this year, and it it was sweet. What was that experience like to not only win that game convincingly, and it was difficult like you talked about, but also to honor those three seniors and, and for them to have a moment with a piece of Cougar Nation? I think it's super, super special. You know, um, I was able to speak to the team before the game and uh, I was kind of contemplating what I was going to say um, for our pregame speech. And I just remember Brandon neighbor came in. He's like, man, I'm going to cry. And like just the feeling of love for these guys. I was like, man, this is real. Like um, you go through a whole season. We started back in May. It feels like forever ago and the season's super long and all of a sudden it's coming to an end. It's crazy how time flies, but being able to listen to those guys, you know, how, sincere they are you know how genuine they are and you know they want to win for cougar nation they all feel like they've been you know taken in by cougar nation and and so it's just like a huge family for us and it's kind of hard for us to be able to like take away you know the pieces of our family and so that's why we're going to try to recruit them back because this family's super special and i feel like we're just getting better and better each and every week 
Let us know what we have to do as well, Trevin. We're happy to join the effort in recruiting those three back to BYU. So we can collaborate later on that. For now, congratulations on a fantastic regular season. Let's give you some BYUSN karma for hey, uh, the week. And give Bear a treat from us as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> Thanks, Trevin. Hey, thank you, guys. Trevin Nell on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. I'm really glad that Cal uh, you know, had a coaching change because then Trevin came to BYU. And he's home, and he's a good shooter. It is Transfer Nation. Transfer Nation. At BYU. Okay, coming up, the man behind the new uniforms and helmets, Billy Nixon, will join us. And is there a legitimate path to a sixth seed in the NCAA tournament for BYU basketball? Who'd have thought? This is BYU Sports Nation. Who'd have thunk it? This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. BYU Women's Hoops is the two-seed in the WCC tournament, which means they won't play until next Monday in the semifinals. BYU TV will have coverage of all the games on the women's side through the semifinals starting Thursday with the opening rounds at 3 Eastern time. And so BYU will play either San Francisco, Pacific, or St. Mary's. And so San Francisco just beat BYU, so that could be an intriguing semi potentially, but excited to watch the ladies down in Vegas. San Diego, the only team on the men's or women's side to opt out of the conference tournament, and the Toreros were the four seed, so all the yeah, teams behind because them bump, of COVID. Up, bump up a line. Yeah. Yeah. So they were like three seed. But they were, that's a team that beat BYU, yes, by the way. Yeah. And then didn't play here in Provo. So yeah. He is Jeremiah Spencer. This is BYU Sports Nation on a Monday. Let's whip it. The Cougar Whip Around presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Tackling America's most challenging shipping problem. You're one out of the AP Top 25 in men's hoops. What do you think? I think that's fair. They're right there. And it could be that a couple of teams lose ahead of BYU this week, even though the Cougars don't have a game. In fact, I anticipate it because it's college basketball and that's what happens. So I think BYU is going to be in the top 25 going into their semifinal Monday matchup against whoever. That's fair because BYU is guaranteed not to lose this week. Let's go! Jeremy, is there a path for BYU basketball to be a six seed in the NCAA tournament? Right now they're projected as a seven seed. Well, it depends who you ask, right? Uh, probably a seven, but yes, there is. If BYU beats uh, whoever in the semis, probably Pepperdine, we'll see. And there are teams around BYU that lose. There's a chance BYU could climb to a six, but Sunday play would have to not matter in this because I don't see BYU getting to a five. Remember when we were discussing, hey, it'd be great if BYU could be an 11 seed because we like that path. They I play still a like six, 11. then a three. If they're a six, it's they a, play an 11. It's the same as an it's 11. It's the same. Yeah. Yes, the 6 11 matchup would Just be you're really the, fun. You're the higher seed. And again, BYU has been crazy chalky in the NCAA tournament historically. Not a lot of upsets, hardly any. Notre Dame, BYU, uh, UCLA, BYU, you know, those were upsets as BYU was a sixth seed in the 1981 NCAA tournament. But besides that, there have not been a lot. And BYU had to have an NCAA National Player of the Year to get to a Sweet 16 at least twice. So I'm just looking for a win in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, whenever they advance, they're on that same path. They were a three seed, which plays the six. So if they're in one of those Just don't be an 8-9. Right. Just anything but an 8-9. Just if they can win convincingly against Pepperdine and then look competitive against Gonzaga and not give up 20 points in the first four minutes of the game. I don't think it matters about winning yeah. convincingly. Probably. I really don't think. Okay. BYU men's volleyball response to being swept by GCU with a sweep of its own over GCU uh, two days later. Would you be surprised if BYU is lower than the two in the polls? Yes. Because BYU will drop from one. Yes. I don't think BYU is going to drop two spots. I expect them to show up as the number two team in the country. 
because they bounced back in such dominating fashion. Yeah. Had it been weird again, then maybe, but I think they deserve the number two spot. And if people looked at the box score, BYU played the longest set in NCAA history in set two. Um, 46 44? 45 43. Oh my goodness. Which is the long, by two points, the longest set in NCAA history. So yeah, it, it was tight. I hope BYU is no lower than the two, but I think it will help the Cougars kind of fight to be one again, which is what BYU did most of last year. Yeah. So many teams enjoyed victories over the weekend, Jerem. Which BYU team had the biggest win on Saturday? Well, if we include Friday, gymnastics was impressive as well. Probably men's hoops, but I would argue track and field individually. Just all the records that were set, it was incredible. The Twitter feed on Saturday night was unbelievable because soccer's winning in dramatic fashion. Volleyball sweeps, they answer back. Yeah, you and I were at soccer. Yeah. Yes. Um, and, and men's basketball beats St. Mary's. When is beating St. Mary's not the biggest win for BYU? But I'm with you. The way that track and field competed and have been competing, they're, they are earning attention in a sport that typically doesn't generate a lot of attention at the collegiate level. Right, and we're giving them more love than anybody because we, we like them the most. BYU track and field destroys the school mile top 10 rankings over the weekend. Is this awesome or something more? This is something more. This is special. They are having a special season yes. right now. And I know that not everybody's competing and it's a weird I don't care. Like these teams or these times and these teams are all timers for BYU. Like you look at what BYU's done in the in history, like they're putting up all time times within the program. All that's times. A, that says something. Uh shout out to uh, Lucas Bonds who ran a three fifty five forty five in the mile. Second fast in BYU history. I love Ed Eisenberg. Courtney Wayman crushed it. Like, no! yeah, when he realizes, uh, you know, it's going to be a sub four and not just that, a sub three, five, six. So incredible. Remember when a sub four was deemed impossible? Chariots of Fire. There's a movie about yeah. this, okay? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, coming up, prop pick recap. And BYU assistant equipment manager Billy Nixon joins us to discuss the process of developing these beautiful helmets and these new uniform combinations. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Catch the latest BYU Sports Nation right now with Kiki Solano. She's going to have some fun with the new helmets. I know that. It's BYU Sports Nation with a social media twist. Catch the latest episodes on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, live on a Monday from Studio B. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline is the assistant equipment manager for BYU football, Billy Nixon. Billy, this is a very busy day and time for you. Your social media accounts are blowing up right now. And, and we took the helmets and gave them to we you gave for the this segment. the helmets back to yeah. you uh, because there's not enough to go around yet. But h- how are you feeling about all this madness? Hey, you know what? I'm 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 so happy. All right, our players love it. Our players, when they we sh- we actually got players involved in a lot of the creation process over the last several months. Um, this has been months in the making, and um, every player that we brought in showed a bunch of demos to work through it, uh, and and the players were were elated that we we got it approved. And then last week, we actually knew we were going to roll it out day one of spring ball. And we had a week of photo shoots last week that we wanted to incorporate those helmets. So we actually announced it to the football team a, a week ago, and that was fun. We had uh, Tyler Algier and 
Jaron strap up. They walked into a team room. The team went crazy. Uh, you know, probably 75% of the team had no idea it was coming. Um, but this was a huge team effort, uh, and it really wouldn't be possible without the vision of Kalani Sataki, who coaches all about that player experience, you know, and getting players involved. And, and this really stemmed from what the players want. And what the players want is we want to be innovative, but we also want to protect our, our tradition and our core brand. And so the rollout of this, you know, BYU football uniform identity, that really is what it is. This is the core brand of BYU. I love it. I love that you've embraced not only the Navy, but also the Royal, because fans always go, why don't we embrace the Royal more? It's like they're dual primary colors, so now you have it. What went into the decision to do the matte? Because I think that looks really nice. So it's actually, uh, we brought in the matte. It's actually a satin finish. Um, it's a little bit more like the red satin helmet that University of Utah wears. Uh, I know Washington wears a satin finish. A lot of the Pac-12 teams uh, have satin finish helmets. Um, and so we brought in matte, we brought in chrome, we brought in satin, we brought in regular um, gloss finishes. Uh, and again, just worked through a lot of those different concepts. And when we came you know, to it, we realized the satin, it worked a lot better with our, our jerseys um, and, and connecting with our, our colors. And it, it looks good. And so, again, it's, it's something that we think is going to be a part of BYU football for, for the foreseeable future. Billy, I would like to just point out that your polo has both Royal and Navy in it today. Did you do this on purpose? I, I did because I'm a huge I'm a huge Royal and, and Navy advocate. You know, I get a lot of comments that we have fans out there that are passionate. We need to get rid of the Navy. It's not part of our tradition. The fact is Navy, you know, was well. It came a long time before Royal did um, and BYU football. Uh, tradition. And so, you know, I know we've kind of gone back and forth, but finally we could combine the two. The fact is, is our players, they love Navy. And when we introduced the helmets to our players and coaches, uh, the feedback was actually that they loved the Navy a little bit more than the Royal one. And so I think they love both. Don't get me wrong. And they're excited to wear both. Um, but I think that that Navy one, it, it really represents the strong and rich tradition of, of some great football players that have come through here. You know, one, one thing I've heard a common theme from some of the alumni of the early two thousands is they almost feel like what they see out on the field doesn't, it doesn't help their experience as alumni because they don't relate. I mean, they wore that Navy Jersey for the four years they were here. And I'm just grateful that we're able to bring back that Navy lid. Uh, we have two uh, former NFL football players, uh, quarterbacks, that, that wore that Navy lid. We had an All-American running back that wore that Navy lid. That Navy lid was, you know, Kalani Sataki senior uh, helmet. And I think that that's what that Navy helmet represents is the rich tradition of those years. And, you know, what, win or lose, we have phenomenal football players that wore that Navy, that Navy lid. That's who we are, and, and that's a part of, of BYU football now, what, where BYU football was and where BYU football is going. Hey, who doesn't like Virgil Carter, right? BYU wins its first, uh, you know, WAC championship in 65 with the All-Navy lid. So I love it. And you you know what really grew on me this year was the All-Whites. I don't know that I was into the All-Whites before. Maybe it was 2010 Florida State that put me off on that. Anyway, All-Whites really uh, popped for me. And and white is still going to be the base. And and the white helmet is still the base. But now BYU has alternates. Black is out for the foreseeable future, but TBD, I imagine, right? But now you have a Navy, a Royal, and I guess 26 uniform combinations? 
Yes, 26 uniform uniform combinations. And again, every uniform combination that we propose in that 2021 identity plan uh, were combinations that we've used before. Um, and so you bring up the white and white, and we wore white and white uh, back when Virgil Carter played, right? Their, their away uniform was the white top with the white pants, and then their home uh, uniform was the royal helmet with the royal top and the white pants. Um, and so, again, that, that is a big part of our tradition, that white outlook. Um, and, and I'm glad that it's starting to catch on. I think that royal face mask certainly helps. And we've, we've had some big wins this last year in that look. But to be able to have 26 different uniforms that represent something um, is exciting. And the players love it. In fact, we've already met with the players to talk about next year's schedule. And it's sad that there's some uniform combos that we won't even have. There's not enough games in the season to wear, you know, but uh, that makes it fun, fun for the players. And every single combo has a story behind it. Assistant Equipment Manager Billy Nixon with us on BYU Sports Nation. Who's on the consulting board that decides ultimately what colors and schemes you're going to attempt and then eventually go with once you hit the field? Yeah, so this was a huge group effort um, when we kind of started talking about it early on in the season. After we met with players uh, before this last season, that was a huge success, getting them involved in the uh, decision-making process. And that's why last season we had 10 different uniform combinations. And right after that meeting, it was such a success that I met with uh, Associate Athletic Director David Almodova and started talking about, hey, here's some ideas. You know, how can we how can we bring back tradition a little bit more and get a little bit more innovative to provide our athletes with more opportunities um, to, you know, basically pave their own experience um, and get involved in, in the decision-making process. And, and so Dave Almodova, you know, we, we sat down with um, Dave Broberg, who's our cr- uh, creative designer here. Um, John Swift, our director of football operations. He was also part of the committee. We had several students, um, that I just have to mention, uh, Braxton Egbert uh, and uh, Trevor Jensen, that they actually went back and looked at history of BYU football uniforms dating back to 1950 wow. uh, with the win-loss records and every single uniform combination we have. Um, all the All-Americans or honorable individuals that played in those uniforms. And all that was brought to the table. Um, and, and then we created some concepts put them together in photos. Dave Broberg did a phenomenal job in, in his creative design of that PDF that we also released. And then we presented this um, to Tom, Tom Homo and he loved it. He loved the fact that it tied in with our history. A lot of thought was put into it. And, and so this was a huge team effort. And there are some colors that probably won't make it in, in the future, right? The 40, 41 seasons, BYU had some orange in it. That's weird. Uh, there was a gray helmet, although I could see sort of a charcoal or something. So what what colors didn't make the cut? What options didn't make it? So there's so much thought and effort that went into this that every every color and concept that we put forth uh, made it. Uh, and so we the, every decision, every picture you see in every combo, there was a lot of discussion back and forth. And so the final product we were all happy with. Kalani was happy with. Um, in fact, his favorite helmet's the Navy helmet. And again, I, I think that that shows that players, right, to heighten that player experience for for our alumni, right, they want to see on the field the helmet that they relate to, the helmet that they wore. And, um, I mean, Kalani had some amazing experiences in that Navy helmet, uh, miracle comebacks against UVA, uh, the miracle season of Lavelle, and, uh, and so that Navy helmet, that has a lot of tradition. 
And so, you know, we need to be careful. And I hope that this puts an end to us getting rid of the Navy. The Navy's not going anywhere, right? That's who we are. We are white and we're blue, right? And so um, I just want everyone to be very, very clear on the Navy's not going anywhere, right? And in fact, uh, we're bringing it back. Billy, great stuff. An incredible effort by you and your team in this uh, rebranded BYU football and BYU player experience. We appreciate the time today, man. Look forward to uh, some really fun stuff in the future. Thanks. Hey, perfect. Hey, thanks. Go Kooks. Billy Nixon on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Love it. No bibs, no orange. BYU sticking to the <laughs> what it's been and, and the Navy and the Royal and the, that's fantastic. Okay, coming up, today's rise and shout-outs. There's a lot to get to. And a prop pick recap that includes a happy St. Mary's face. This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. BYU Sports Nation's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Download the podcast, Google BYU Sports Nation podcast, subscribe, review, and rate that baby. It's time for our St. Mary's Prop Picks recap presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Without making a pick... I headed into Friday with a 2 nothing lead. So, Jeremy, you obviously needed a big weekend, and it started with this. At which point will St. Mary's score its 25th point closest to the time? Nobody was close in this. I award you no points. Uh, but Tyler gets it because he was closer than me on this. <laughs> Neither of us had the second half. And Tyler said two minutes. Who, who's going to pick the second half, left. even against St. Mary's? Come on. Number two. So, Ty, Ty gets AKU. Number two, which BYU player will make BYU's third three-point shot? It was Connor Harding. I had uh, Caleb Bloner, Tyler had Spencer Johnson, so we both missed. No points. So So I've officially lost. I maintained the 3-0 lead. And then, yeah, uh, yeah, the last one, which of the three BYU seniors will shoot the highest field goal percentage? No points here either, as Brandon Averitt's 44% led the seniors. Tyler picked Alex Barcelo, 28.5%. You had Matt Harms. He couldn't miss Thursday. And then Saturday was different. Matt Harms did everything else right, right, but he struggled as well from the field early in the yeah. game. You know what I do at prop picks? I it suck. We spin the I'm wheel. I'm so bad at these. <laughs> I'm gonna spin the wheel later. <laughs> Woo! It's better than spinning the will. The will? Yeah. Spinning the will, Smith. Our question of the day: What do you think about the new BYU football Royal and Navy helmets? Got them back. New uniform combos at fast. Otis underscore Metoka Ami on Twitter says, simply put, it's about time. Let's go. <laughs> Playing on a long time mm-hmm. commercial from the church. Isn't it about, and like three in the key count. Time. time. Yeah. In response, our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from at BYU underscore Jer 98 on Instagram. To quote a wise man, he says, by small and simple things are great things brought to pass. I'm on 37? Question <laughs> Today's Rise and Shoutouts, oh, presented by Mountain America Credit Union, and that guy yelling that, guiding you forward. Uh, three seniors on the men's basketball team. Just a cool moment after another big win. Wasn't close, which makes it less dramatic, but not less important. BYU beating St. Mary's, locking up the two seed, finishing 19-5 in the regular season. Like, what, what a season from these guys. Alex Barcelo making the leap. Matt Harms coming from Purdue. Uh, Dickie V tweeting about him when he signed. It was oh, a big deal, right? Oh, oh, oh Matty Harms! 
from the Netherlands. And he feels validated because BYU is going to be a single-digit seed. He said, oh, it's big, biggest yeah. transfer. And oh. at the time, that was quite a bold statement. The fact that BYU's done it with Brandon Averett as well, as, as, uh, or Averett, depending on if you're Mark Pope or not, is very exciting. And the way BYU played this regular season, uh, navigating COVID, they did what football just did, which was have a way better season than we thought. It was a different kind of season. But guys, guys stepped up, emerged, evolved, and now BYU is going to be in the dance single-digit seed. It's pretty awesome, man. 19 wins. I think there are 19 teams in the entire country that have 19 or more wins. Well, there you go. So not surprising that BYU's top 20 net team. My rise and shout-out goes to Ed Stone and Diljeet Taylor, the coaches for BYU track and field and cross country. What they are doing Ooh. is historic for BYU. It's not exactly the golden age just yet, but they're pacing for that, Jerem. No pun intended. It, it has been a wild ride. The top 10 times in the mile for BYU women's uh, track and field have all happened under Diljeet Taylor in her short reign as the associate head coach and, and coach of the women's team. That's yeah, amazing. That, that's gnarly. They just need to punctuate it with some natties because that's what – BYU did in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s, was won three women's cross-country national championships. Last year, BYU nearly won it with the men. That would have been amazing. They're going to challenge for that as well. And as we learned from Ed Eyestone last week on the show, unfortunately, the indoor track and field championships butt up against cross-country. It's kind of a two-day separation there. So for the distance runners, it's a you got to pick one or the other. And it sounds like cross-country is going to get uh, the majority of the distance runners from BYU. All right. A special thanks to today's guests, Trevin Nell and Billy Nixon. Reminder how, how about these helmets, man? That Roxy Bernstein of ESPN is going to join us tomorrow. He gave us a nice little shout-out over the weekend. If you missed it on the broadcast, behind him at home, he had a BYU Sports Station shirt on. <laughs> it was good to know he had a BYU Sports Station shirt. Thank you, Roxy. And now I'm looking for that shirt in my own wardrobe, and I'm like, oh, I can't remember where that one went. I really like that one. I think my wife stole mine. That happens with a lot of my swag. You can steal it back, right? I could, but, yeah. You could borrow it? (laughs) We didn't have time for Dennis Pitta. Go figure. We never do. For Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. Shout out to Justin Whitehour. We'll see you tomorrow on BYU Sports Nation at noon Eastern. Go Cougs and go New Helmets!